What's up, everybody? It's the Welcome to the Show podcast. Live stream. Live stream. We're out here, man. I don't know. This isn't the quick hit. This is the full episode. We're going to take some deep dives, MLB, NBA, NFL, everything you need to know in the world of sports during the quarantine, during COVID-19. CT, do you remember it? What's going on, Manny? It's good to be back at our fully scheduled, hour-long, jam-packed, mm-hmm. all relevant information, mm-hmm. no dead air on this show. Mm-hmm. Every word mm. counts for something. Yes. Back back to you. Back to me. Okay. I'm just going to get right to it, man. Headlines. I'm going to start with the NFL and work my way back so that you can tie in your headline and it, and it'll all just be amazing or something or something ready. That's, that's for sure. The new England Patriots have revealed a new uniform. Are they moving on? From, or is this a way to move on from Tom Brady? You're going to just fucking burn everything and start anew. The giants are scouting Oregon quarterback, Herbert hand, according to Ian uh, Rappaport, Joe Judge has FaceTimed with the quarterback. I don't understand why the fuck they're looking at quarterbacks when you have Danny Dimes right there. You're going to use up another pick on a quarterback. I don't know if you have any takes on this, CT. Well, it's just confusing. What did you think of Danny Dimes from what you saw last year? I thought he was decent for for his first go at it. I, I you know It was much better than what Eli Manning did in 2004 when he first arrived. So... I think he threw 24 TDs or something. He didn't throw that many interceptions. He did toward the end, but um, so, I, you know, I, I see some promise in the kid. What's the guy's name? Joe Judge, right? Joe Judge, yeah. Uh, back when the world was a simpler place, yes, around ooh. December, around there, or whenever he became the the official head coach, I think his first press conference was he he hadn't really seen much tape on Danny Dimes. Mm-hmm. Why am I calling him Danny Dimes? What's his What's his real name? Daniel Jones, bro. Daniel Jones. It's his real name. Like this whole time, it's <laughs> not like Daniel Baker or something. Nah, like uh-uh. really? Uh-uh. Nope. Danny. Daniel. All right. Jones. Anyways, I I think like his in his first press conference, he said that he hadn't really seen much tape on Daniel Jones, and that, that yeah, I, which it has to be. But if you're if you're coming in. As the head coach of the Giants, you better know something about the roster. <laughs> he still, to this day, still will not utter any of the players' names. In he won't. It's like he. It's like he wants to make it seem like nobody's job is safe. It's so stupid. Saquon Barkley is your running back. Just fucking. That's it. Yeah. Like, it and, is what it is. Accept it. And you know, you might want to. Maybe you're trying to light a fire on some someone's ass, like so they can play. Like their job is on the line, but not when you draft the quarterback. What was it, sixth? Mm-hmm. Not when it's your franchise quarterback, man. Like you better. Th- what what pick do the Giants have this year? I think they have the fourth pick, don't they? They're they're up there again. You're gonna use up that pick on a quarterback. I don't buy it. I think it's a game. I think it's like you said, it's trying to light up light up a fire under under your players' asses. But just just coach. Just go out yep. there and coach. You coach your game properly. You have you have the talent to. To win some games with this Giants team, you know? That's true. I don't know. My other headline. Let's move on to some baseball headlines. Uh, Japan has delayed the start of its season again. They had already um, decided that they were going to cut all interleague games uh, throughout the season, which was going to shorten the amount of games that uh, the league plays. Now they're delaying the season once again altogether, and now there's no set start time. The NP, uh, the CPBL has started play though, and if you want to watch uh, Taiwan or Chinese, I don't even. I know that Taiwan is a province in China, but they're their own people. I don't know, whatever. If you want to watch their games, you can follow. Go on my go on IG at WT the Show, and I have it in there. Um, but they're airing all the Rakuten Monkeys games on. I think it's 11 Sports TW at 11 Sports TW on Twitter. So you could check that out if you want some baseball. Uh, Louisville Slugger closes its factory, furloughing its staff for the time being. And finally, Marlins CEO Derek Jeter, the cat, has decided he will not pay himself this season. Damn, man. CT, what you got? Must must be tough for Jeter, man. It's It's hard out there for a pimp, dog. 
I want to bring <laughs> up another. Give me an eye roll. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to make sure I'm looking at the camera, which is actually like a couple inches above, and that I'm not trying to cross paths with this beautiful lighting here that's hiding all my pimples in, in the face. And I'm also trying to bring up a couple stats. So, uh, <laughs> jumping on that Jeter uh, highlight, another headline associated to Jeter made uh made the news waves across the weekend so you remember denard span right sure do good guy he's, he's he was a decent player he had a pretty good career you know pretty he played for the, he played for the i remember him in the d-backs for some reason but i know he he, he moved around right we got twins nationals giants rays in seattle no d-backs wow no d-backs wow <laughs> no d-backs why do career. i remember denard span in the d-backs uh, let's see here. Career high in home runs, since that's all that matters these days, is 12. Nice. At the led age the of 30. Anyway. Triples, led the league in triples in 2013 with 11. Led the league in hits in 2014 with 184. Hmm. So anyways, uh, Denard Span tweeted out something that I didn't... I kind of understood where he was coming from, but people blew it out of proportion. And the tweet goes like this. Quote, in today's game, Derek Jeter will have a minor league contract at age 30. Two, mm. and I what I think he's saying, which I kind of agree with, is that it, it was like the whole Dallas Keuchel thing. Like Dallas Keuchel couldn't get a contract; he had to hold yeah. out like months into the season. Same thing with Craig Kimbrell, you know. Like I think that the owners are getting smaller, smarter in how yeah. they give out these contracts. And younger is always better. Younger is always in control. So I kind of understand what he was getting at. I don't think he was taking any shots at Jeter, even though the first article that I see when I try to search up this tweet was that a former MLB player seriously disrespects Derek, Derek Jeter. I didn't really take it like that. I don't know if you did. I guess I have to hear the context in which he's saying it. I don't want to hold someone to... a. I don't know what I don't even know what the phrase I'm trying to look for is, but I'm pretty Jeter, sure Denard Span. What I'm, pre I'm pretty sure Denard Span wasn't looking at Derek Jeter's baseball reference page like I am right now when he made that statement because Dang. at age 32 he was he had I think that almost his career high in batting average of 343. He had a 417 on base and a 900 slugging, which the 900 slugging is his career high. Not slugging, 900 OPS is his career high. No, it's not. 1999 was, but it was a second biggest OPS um at the same time I understand what he's saying his age um compared to his defensive abilities maybe a GM wouldn't be so inclined to give him such a big contract like the Yankees might have at the time but after his age 32 season he still had two or three more years of you know a plus play so I don't agree with the Nartz man but I understand where he's coming from I know I think I understand what he's trying to say I don't think he's yeah. saying that it's justified. I think he's saying that that's how the game is now. Yeah, my whole thing was that what I took away from it was that as great as Derek Jeter was and his average, his I mean, his totals or his average in totals for the, up until his 32nd season, 317 batting average, 388 OPS, o, OBP, sorry, 852 OPS. I'll sign, that, I'll sign up for that for a shortstop with mm -hmm. averages of 15 home runs a year. Even in today's game, they make, could probably be 20. MVP you know, runner-up in his age 32 season. Highest, I'll, highest he's ever gotten in MVP voting. I'll sign up for that. But what I think he's saying is that, yeah, like today's game. That's what I took away from it. I don't think he was starting to start up a, you know, is Jeter even that good conversation type mm -hmm. of thing. Because I think none of those players, except unless you signed a ridiculously expensive contract like Albert Pools, I don't think any great player is safe all through their careers like they used no. to be back in the day, which little by little I'm going to start revealing to our listeners that I believe that the MLB should seriously consider figuring out a way to monitor steroids and letting players take oh. it for for health reasons, to heal, Me to too. I agree. stay on the field. Uh, I've said it before, man. Have a physician in the clubhouse, administer it safely, and let it be transparent. Yep. It could be like like the IL. Aaron Judge is on the IL for an oblique. You could say Aaron Judge is taking 
I don't know what the fuck, uh, some steroid to, to help heal his whatever or so that he can remain on the field. Fuck it. Just make it transparent. Let people know what, what these guys are doing. Yep. Violate the HIPAA laws. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's a I new world, bro. Anything goes. I wouldn't go that far, but I'm all sorry. right. Don't violate the HIPAA laws. You're right. But let us know. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. Let's move on to the topics. So we have three topics on the docket. We have MLB. The uh, the Arizona plan has received some backlash. In the NFL, we're going to go through the draft. And in the NBA, we want to talk about the docuseries that debuted last night, The Last Dance, uh, the Chicago Bulls' last championship run back in 97-98. But let's start with MLB. Coronavirus ain't going nowhere, CT. I'm sick and tired of talking about it. I'm sick and tired of living this way. Um, this morning, I listened to a podcast, which I had vowed I wouldn't listen to anymore. And then I fell into a rabbit hole, turned it on, and there he was. I'm Michael Barbaro. This <laughs> is The Daily. Hi. New York Times I'm, podcast. I'm, Marco, I'm Michael Barbaro. I am under your bed right now <laughs> with a knife. <laughs> and he had on a... a pandemic expert or whatever who he had on about a month or two ago before the covid uh pandemic pandemic happened and he had raised the flags then that this is more serious than what the government is taking it and then this all happened now he's talking about like what what are things going to look like moving forward and pretty much he put a damper on everything for me because he's saying that that the fastest a vaccine has ever become available took four years from start to finish um he also said that we're gonna he called it a, a dance we're gonna be doing this dance with this COVID 19 for a while so be prepared for that that we're gonna be social distancing and then easing restrictions and then distancing again then easing restrictions and then distancing again like it's just gonna be continuous over and over and over again hopefully that doesn't happen um but the point that i'm trying to make is that mlb's trying its hardest to to try to put games out there and this weekend, Ken Rosenthal was on MLB Network, and he revealed that MLB believes that the best chance for us to have baseball again is under the Arizona plan. Um, and we've had a few players that are kind of shitting on it. First, you had Zach Wheeler talk about how he doesn't want to miss the birth of his child and that if, if this happens, that he will be quarantined and he'll, he doesn't care if he misses games because he wants to be there for his kid. Then you have Mike Trout make a similar sentiment. He didn't say that he would he, – he wasn't so blunt like Zach Wheeler was, but it was pretty much the same comments. And now Clayton Kershaw says this, quote, We all want to play baseball. I get that. I want to play baseball too. But there's something about being in the big leagues, and you can't compromise that. Playing in spring training stadiums and quarantining for months without your family and certain things like that, I don't think that's doable. If you're talking about doing it for for, for four or five months – you just lose the product on the field because guys aren't in their natural element. We're all ready to take drastic measures to make the season happen, but there's also certain things that will affect the product on the field, and that's what you have to be careful about. So now Clayton Kershaw doesn't think this is doable either. Um, so it seems like the the only hope that we have to have baseball this season um, isn't really being embraced by the players. And uh, I don't know, CT. I, I'm starting to get a feeling that we're not going to have baseball. I think I think um, I, I I'm starting to accept the fact that we're probably not going to have any probably any sports at all this year. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have baseball. Um, and also bringing up the Zach Wheeler thing from the last episode that we that we recorded, I made some comments about Zach Wheeler needing to man up and play in the in the sport that he signed a contract to play a child's game whatever and i still believe all that stuff that i said but i'm probably gonna tone it down when i talk about stuff like that because i realized watching the last dance last night i don't want to jump ahead but watching the last dance uh last night jerry Krause, kraus however you pronounce his name did things that i'm pretty much doing on the show which is like speaking my free opinion which i'm not gonna stop doing by the way i'm just gonna stop being so aggressive on that side <laughs> 
I, I, I don't think uh, Zach Wheeler is wrong for choosing to go watch the birth of his child or being there for his wife. It's just not how I would handle it. Just want to apologize for that. Don't want to alienate nobody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you're right, man. We're not going to get any baseball this season. I, I'm more like 70% agreeing that we're not going to get baseball versus 30% that they figure out a way to monitor everyone before and after the game and get a real control of it and you know i don't, I don't think that's going to happen yeah i mean i think until there's there's testing available wide test, widespread tests I, I can't see how this is going to work um i think you have to you almost have to test if you want to have normal baseball without fans in the stands clearly you're going to have to test players probably before every single game unless yep. you're going to you're going to do contact tracing which which California's talking about talking about and stuff and I think Korea is doing it where they have apps where you can see where people have been so that you know but we are we getting we might be getting into a uh violating my privacy issue at that point because I remember after 9/11 we went above and beyond to try to prevent a terrorist attack from ever happening again and now we're in a situation where basically you need to put a VPN on your computer because you're not sure who's fucking watching, right? Excuse my yeah. language. Child protection is on now. No more kids can watch this. I just eliminated half the audience. Sorry, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but do we want to get into that situation now? Do we want to? Do we want to move it, move the goalpost further now, and allow the government to, to? I know that it's for our own safety, and we want to get back to normal. But are we are, are we willing to sacrifice so much to to live normally again, or are we willing to just take this on and fight it and and see it through, and come out of this, hopefully a better race, human race? You know what I mean? What do you think? I, I don't think the world can go on like this. I think eventually the government's gonna have to say something like, if you are above a certain age, or if you have a pre-existing condition with your lungs or something, something serious where your immune system is weak, you are going to have to, they're going to have to figure out a way to get these people money if they need it to pay bills and stay alive and eat. But for the rest of us, like I'm not the healthiest guy in the world, but I'm of the belief that I will be able to beat the virus if I, if I got it. I know a cousin of mine has the virus. He's not experiencing any symptoms. That's mm -hmm. just, a you know, that's, that's a case that he's just not experiencing any symptoms, but he has the virus. The issue is he can give that to someone with a pre-existing condition if he just goes right. about his day as normal. I think that if we all need to do our part and stay as clean as possible and still practice social distancing, but when it comes to work and when it comes to making money, we got to figure out a way to get this back on track. And I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen, that before this is all safe, we're going to be back to working somehow is how I see it playing out. Yeah. I think, yeah. um, again, widespread testing, we need to see who has it, who doesn't have it, who's immune, who's not immune. And then you could do something to the effect of contagion where they had wristbands and they had to get scanned before you travel anywhere. Like, again, it's 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 well, taking see, drastic measures, but I don't know. Like, like traveling, maybe I go get tested and I have the antibodies, so I get one of these wristbands with it with a scanner on it and yeah i can show my employer i my employer i have the antibodies i'm immune and they can let me go into work or whatever yeah um it, it kind of sucks it's like you're creating a class of people who have the who have the the virus versus the people who don't have the virus but i feel like that's the only way we're gonna we're gonna get back to normal society at this point um yep. so i don't know this shit is fucking crazy. I just can't believe every day I wake up and I can't believe that we're living in this existence. It's almost like a nightmare in a way. Um, not to get too dark. <laughs> but this is fucking nuts, man. This is crazy. I know. And is it is it possible that we're just like getting bored of it at this point, too? I know it's messed up to say, but it's like at, in 2020, it's like it's not even doing it for us anymore. Like we need this to to eradicate itself. We need answers Fuck. like. And Can't it's a new it virus. It's a new virus. So eventually, doctors are going to figure out treatments. They're going to figure out ways to... That's the other thing. That's the other thing I had to tell myself after I listened to that podcast. Yeah, it took four years. The record is four years to get a vaccine from start to finish. Um, but 
were the, were treatments available during that time? Doctors are, are already trying to figure out ways to remedy the situation, make things better. We don't have enough data to understand who who necessarily it's impacting. We have some data, but not enough. Uh, but eventually, will we get to a point where we'll be able to identify which population is for sure at risk and which population is for sure not at risk and be able to open things up that way? We have no idea. Um, it's just living in this limbo right now, not knowing where we're going. That's kind of it's kind of frustrating, but it's beyond anybody's control. Um, yep. and, and I guess for me as an American, what I'm most frustrated with is, is the whole testing thing. Like, I don't know why that's become such an issue here. It should be like if South Korea can figure out how to test their population, if Germany, whatever other countries are figuring this shit out, why can't we? Like, come on, guys. It's America. These colors don't run. <laughs> Kyle Larson. <laughs> Kyle Larson. <laughs> don't that. <bop>, bop. <laughs> All right. Go there. Shall, shall we move on, or do you have anything baseball related you want to? Uh, I just miss. I, I miss baseball, man. I had a baseball with me that I was gonna point. Here we go. I was just gonna point this to the camera and use this as our, as our, uh, like thumbnail clickbait. Yeah, man. That's it. That's all I gotta say, man. I miss it. Got my glove on. <sighs> I moved my my baseball over here. This is a a Mariano Rivera signed baseball. The goat. This baseball has hit the pavement a couple times. You can see the <laughs> you can see like the chipping of the of the cowhide right there. Not, nothing really special about this, but it feels really good in my hand. It's a baseball, it man. It's yeah, it's special it. in its own right. I'm about to buy a wiffle ball and bat and play with my wife in the backyard. Like, listen, I'm, woman, you're gonna have to play with me. Sorry. I'm on the verge of building. Uh, like I feel like building a cage, like a semi cage that you could like lay out and just hit into like soft toss. Yeah. <sighs> that involves going to Home Depot and <laughs> you know. All right. NFL talk. All right, let's, let's get into <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, so the NFL is gonna hold its draft officially uh, this Thursday. I wanted to go through what it was going to look like and then as questions if you have any questions or anything let's let's bring it up man let's bring this shit up and have roger goodell on the horn answer these questions just kidding uh, all right so why are the why is the nfl hosting doing the draft now is basically there's no indication as to when this shit is going to end so why not just do it now have teams be ready and not only that, the NFL has an opportunity here to capture an like an incredibly large audience as if they needed any more help. Um, I know that when The Last Dance, which we're going to talk about next, came out last night, I couldn't wait. Like this entire weekend, that's all I was thinking about was Sunday, yeah. 9 o'clock. So the point where my wife sat across from me, she must not have like really understood how much I've been looking forward to this. And she kept talking and she could see the annoyance in my face. Like... Yeah, I was like, do you want me to stop talking? And I don't want to be rude. I was like, oh, if you want, I can pause it and wait. And then I, was like, Man, I just want to watch this goddamn show. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so why not now? All right. How is it going to work? Everybody, even Goodell, is going to be working from home. Um, the NFL is sure that all 32 teams have this point person who has a secure Internet connection and that there's an IT specialist in every one of those people's homes. Um they're going to be connected video, uh, via video conference, which is provided by Microsoft. Zoom is owned by Microsoft, right? Of course. Okay, so maybe maybe it's like a Zoom call or something. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were you know, like, yeah, of course, Microsoft owns Zoom. I don't really know, but probably, yeah. They... <laughs> I think they do. I'm not sure, but I think they do. Okay. Um, question about that. I know that there's been a lot of Zoom bombing and shit where, where... have you heard about this? <laughs> Yeah, where people people take over the Zoom uh, stream or something and yeah. play There's porn like or something. Classes that do Zoom and apparently somebody Zoom will Zoom bomb and play like porn, yeah. <laughs> like for kids and shit. So um, funny. I'm kind of I might I, I barely ever watch the NFL draft. I might watch it just in case that happens. Um, how are picks made? They're going to be made via an internet connection. So basically, I don't know if it's like an email or if there's going to be some sort of buttons or something that you could press and that's going to tell you uh which what picks the teams are making if that system doesn't work then then there's going to be phone calls but there will be no extra time provided for each pick at the same time if there is a problem the commissioner can stop the clock whereas in the past the clock never gets stopped and a team can jump ahead and i think that happened like in 2003 or something like that um 
Microsoft is working, here we go, working with the NFL to prevent hacking. So I'm guessing this video conference call is by Microsoft. Mm. Please, God, let some hacker get through there. Um, <laughs> event will be broadcast on ESPN and the NFL Network. And some players, I'm not sure how they're going to decide this. Maybe the ones that they're predicting are going to go in the first round. They're going to be sent video equipment, too, because they're going to be interviewed in some sort of FaceTime situation. Um, do you? So that's pretty much it. Uh, it's going to start... April 23rd, I think 8 or 9 o'clock at night. It's going to be on ESPN and NFL Network. And if I'm not mistaken, some of it's going to be aired on ABC as well. CT, what do you think about this whole thing? Uh, drafting from home, all of that. I think it's going to be really awkward. And at the beginning, it's probably not going to go as smoothly as they hoped. Mm-hmm. And then it will start picking up. But uh, I'm excited to watch the draft. I'll take what I can get at this point. Like you mentioned before, the last dance going into the weekend, I wasn't like, you know, foaming at the mouth, like waiting for Sunday. But when when the time came, like it was like seven o'clock, eight o'clock, I just made sure like I didn't get into something that was going to take me more than 10 minutes because I didn't want to miss it, even though I know I could watch it the next day and everything. I didn't want to miss it. Uh, So I will be watching the draft. I think that. One of my friends made a good point about the draft that you might see a lot of curveballs throughout the picks because they're not going to be going as they usually would, going for maybe the guy with the most potential, maybe the guy that killed it at the combine, but didn't have like a solid base of a college career. Those guys might not be getting drafted as high as usual because there might not be a preseason or, you know, practice to really work them out and get them familiar with like the system. So you might see people go for guys that are more like a safe pick in the beginning Hmm. than going for like the just most freakish athlete on the board that still hasn't been polished to to be like an NFL player. So I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm upset that the Bills, even though they got Stefan Diggs, it required giving up our first round pick this year. So there's really not much for me to watch because I don't even think they're picking in the second round. That's how lopsided that trade was, I think. Um, so I don't have much to watch, but I'll definitely be paying attention to the first 10 to 15. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I remember, I think, before they decided to do it virtually, it was going to be a whole thing where they were like brought on stage by boat. By and boat? I, yeah, by boat. It was like they were there was going to be like a platform on water and they were going to be like brought there via boat. Oh, before like, this all happened. That was the original stage. Like it was that's, the st- that's so Vegas, man. My God. It is, right? And I could just remember I just remember thinking like that was gonna be so awkward. <laughs> right? Because the draft itself sometimes is awkward. Like Roger Goodell getting booed, like all this stuff. So it's like Yeah. I, I, I didn't see that working. It would have been interesting to see, but yeah, I'm excited for the draft. Um for the as for the Giants, which is my team, we have the number four pick, as I mentioned in the headlines. It's looking like they're really scouting this quarterback, which I kind of don't understand. Who is um, it, by the, the way? Same, his name is ready for this name. This is a pretty, pretty classic name, man. Herbert Hand. Herbert, Herbert Hand. Hand. He must be like a giant, like six six or something. I don't know, man. Herbert Hand. So that the Giants will have a judge and a hand. Um, but I'm not gonna pretend like I was saying before. I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I know so much about the draft or or the NFL. I follow my Giants, but they've been irrelevant for a few years, so. Watch at your will. I will watch the NFL draft, A, because I want to see if somebody's going to hack into this thing and, and we get to see some titties on live TV. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and B, no, I'm just kidding. And B, it'll be interesting to see how they're going to pull this through. I, I think I think uh, there's a lot of creativity. If nothing else, the COVID-19 has spurred on a lot of creativity on behalf of a lot of people. Um, last week, SNL did an episode from home, and I thought it was – phenomenal i thought it was really it was probably one of the best episodes of the year if not the last couple years um and that's that's cool to see i think people people coming together to make something work like this um if only there could be baseball played with social distancing (laughs) any seriously any chance that you meant justin herbert and not herbert hand i'm pretty sure it's herbert hand I don't see a Herbert Hand here, but I've heard of Justin Herbert. I see Herbert. Oop, Herbert Hand is a senior scientist at Adhesive Research Incorporation, according to LinkedIn. Maybe it's not Herbert Hand. <laughs> but 
But then there's a picture of a ah yes, Justin Herbert. Where did I Justin get Herbert, Herbert hand from? They measure hand size at the combine. Maybe that's why. I don't... But anyways, this guy Justin Herbert. I'm pretty sure this said Justin. I'm pretty sure this said Herbert hand earlier today. Justin Herbert is six six, and I have heard of him. He's, you know, you never know with quarterbacks. Herbert hand. Wow, yeah. that's gonna go down in history. If only we had <laughs> drops. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the NBA. Uh, yesterday, you had the last dance, the final championship run with uh, uh, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, 97-98. Um, I remember this era. Uh, clearly, I was born in 1984, so I don't remember Michael Jordan's earlier years. Um, I do recall the 90s run, the 1991 championship. I remember watching it against the Lakers. I don't remember really taking so much in i can't remember any details or anything like that um but yeah so there was a lot of things that i learned during this um a had no idea that this that that the reason why this all ended is because it wasn't for it, it wasn't like jordan decided okay i got my six rings two three peats I'm walking away with with my head held high or or Phil Jackson's contract ran out and he said, all right, I'm going to try something else now. No, this all happened against their will. Basically, I had no idea. Me neither. I always completely slipped my mind. I always thought that the main reason this and again, I kind of if I really dig deep into this brain here, Manny, uh, I have seen I do recall seeing MJ's Hall of Fame speech. And him doing the most MJ thing ever. Now that I watch this, I understand why he did it at his Hall of Fame speech. But he yeah. said a he said something on the line like, "Yeah, that's what I always try to tell so and so. The organization builds builds the teams, but the players got to go out and play." Like something he said something along the lines like that. It sounded kind of like snobby and like I was like, "Why would he say this at his Hall of Fame speech?" And now I realize that his Bulls era ended because of that situation. Well, yeah. because of what they're presenting to us in the first two episodes. So I'm just thinking to myself, like that. I kind of could have pieced the. I could have. I could have pieced all that together because he was always mentioning like if Scotty comes back and all this stuff, like in like in those highlight videos. I remember, recall seeing it, but I never dug deep enough to see like the stories behind it. And I I learned the same thing that you did. Yeah. Uh, for those of you watching, my video just froze. Am I frozen to you, CT, when you see yeah, it? Yeah, you're frozen everywhere on YouTube, my screen. Okay. I, at least I, I at least I froze with a pretty pretty neutral facial expression. I think that if you click something on Skype and click out of it, it'll come back if you try that. Just like click like the comment section or something. I don't know. On Skype? Yeah. Give that give that a whirl. No, didn't work. It's okay. At least you I'm look, not. I'm, at least I'm not picking my nose or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, you look good. You look good. I'm. Not, I mean, I don't want to say I look good, but it's it's decent. Um, something else that I learned: the Scottie Pippen extension, um, and how he handled that whole situation. I read from the Hard Knicks Life uh, tweet that at the time that he got the extension, it was a pretty good deal. I think it was ranked in the top ten, top fifteen, something like that. But by by the middle of that extension, toward the end of it. It was a pretty horrible deal for Scottie Pippen. At the same time, I'm not sure I liked the way that he handled it. And that was kind of surprising to me. I remember him not playing in the, at the start of that season. Um, but I had no idea that it, that it was through his own will, that he could have he done something about this before having to miss time during the regular season. And I don't... I don't blame Michael Jordan if he's pissed off at him for that or or the rest of his team. I, th- I thought that was handled poorly. You signed the deal. You have to p- you have to pay. You have to play. You know what I mean? Jerry yeah. Krause sucks because he took advantage of you. He won't pay. He he wouldn't give you your raise or whatever. That's on Jerry Krause. But on your end, you you put your name on the dotted line. And and in this country and in the world, if you do that, you you know you're responsible. You know what I mean? Yeah, I. Uh... I think Phil Jackson said it pretty good. Like he said, Phil Jackson admitted that he could have done something in the off season, or I don't forget what the whole thing was, but that Scotty did it to put pressure on on uh, the front office and everything. But then he also said that for you know we aren't these players, and that's what Scotty had to do to kind of make it to justify that he at least tried to do something or prove to them that he was worth it. Um, 
And I don't, I'm not mad at Michael Jordan, but yeah, I, I didn't like the way that it was handled by Scottie Pippen because, like you said, he signed the contract. Um, and it's funny hearing it from like Michael Jordan's perspective because when you see the team losing in their last dance season, as as like Phil Jackson put it, when when a player holds out, you're really just like you're hurting the whole team. Not just like you're not just sticking it to the organization, but you're hurting the whole team, especially in a sport like basketball, where you make such a big difference. Um, and if, and I didn't know that that contract was like top 15 at the time, the extension, mm-hmm. if, if it was, then I don't understand what, what's the, what's to be upset about. I mean, if, if the, if the owner of the team recommended that you don't sign that contract at the time and you did anyways, players do that all the time. Like players in the MLB recently sign extensions like Ozzy Albies, like he signed an extension that I think he's worth way more, but oh, yeah. some, some guys take, some guys will take the risk and bet on themselves and other guys don't. And Scotty just was one of those guys that didn't. Period. Like it's you signed the contract. It's not fair, but it it's actually it actually is fair. It's not it doesn't side with like the the fairy tale version of the NBA or professional sports. But it's yeah, fair it's, in the end. It's it's not fair that Scottie Pippen was, aside from Michael Jordan, arguably the the best player in the NBA, and that he happened to sign that contract right before the NBA took off. Um, because I don't know if one thing that I noticed during the, 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 the show, and now I'm officially gone. So now you see is the Skype S there. So Skype is getting some free ad advertisement there. (laughs) Um, pay us Skype, but, (laughs) uh, the point that I'm trying to make is, did you see what the locker rooms look like, like earlier in their careers in the the Chicago Bulls locker rooms? It looked like a closet, literally like a high school closet and cheap. Yeah, like a high school, even worse than a high school um, locker room. So the point that I'm trying to make is that that was the state of the NBA at that time. And by the time the second episode ended and you saw the locker room for the Chicago Bulls, it was a completely different environment. Like you could see that there was an influx of money coming through. Everything looked different. And Scottie Pippen just happened to sign that contract at the wrong time. Um, but like you said, Reinsdorf gave him the, gave him the out. He said, if I were you, I wouldn't sign this deal. And Scotty Pippen decided he was going to do it anyway. And I don't, I don't begrudge Scotty Pippen for doing it either because he was looking out for the betterment of his family for, for, he was looking out for himself. He he was thinking, I'm, I'm never going to come across this amount of money in my life probably ever again. And, and I come from nothing. I'm very poor. So why not just take what I can get at this point? Um, so I don't know. I I, I blame. I it, it's it kind of sucks the way he handled the situation, but at the same time, I understand why he signed the contract in the first place. Yeah, and good good on you bringing up the the locker room comparison from Jordan's like rookie season to like that '98 season. Can we just officially say this has nothing to do with like s- skills or whatever? But can we just officially put an end to the LeBron and Jordan? comparisons i don't know man i think i think it's i don't think you can compare them man because you can't but you can't compare them because they're different eras i I think lebron isn't as physical of a player as jordan was and probably couldn't handle guys like charles oakley breathing down your neck pushing you elbowing you stuff like that it's a different game um but i don't at the same time i don't know if i don't know if jordan would stand out so much I'm not saying that he's not good. I'm not saying that he's not the greatest of all time. I think he is the greatest of all time. But with the the level of athleticism that we're seeing in the game today, I don't know if he would stand out as much in today's game as he did back in the late 80s and the and the 90s. Yeah, but why why wouldn't I see okay, I don't want to get into the physicality, not okay, physicality is one thing. They played a lot more physical back in Jordan's day. I get it. That's not what I'm talking about. And in terms of him not being athletic enough, I think he's super athletic, ju- just as athletic, if not more, because the dunks that he did in the dunk mm-hmm. contest are not dunks that Dwight Howard could do. So not only is Jordan physically athletic, but he's able to move his body because he's six six. It's, it's only fair that a guy like Jordan can move better than a guy like Dwight Howard. I get it. Whatever. I think LeBron would have fit in any era. I think he's pr- gonna go down as the greatest like basketball player of all time, whatever, because he's going to have all the stats. But I was just sitting there watching Jordan yesterday, and I thought to myself, like, is it really about stats? Because 
Jordan was is not the number one in any category that basketball tracks. Mm-hmm. Kobe's ahead of him in points. Kobe's ahead of him in assists as a shooting guard. LeBron's ahead of him in in I think points out. Yeah, all, I think he's ahead of him in points at this point. I think so. Assists, yeah. rebounds, and everything. And yet Jordan was considered the goat before he retired. Nowhere near the the being number one in any category. So is it really about because like. What I think is happening today in this world is that we wake up the next day and we see LeBron record a triple-double, and we're taking that for what it is at face value. Like, that LeBron put up a triple-double, bam, he's one of the he's greatest of all time. But then if you really watch a guy like LeBron James versus a guy like Russell Westbrook, who averages more triple-doubles in his career, there's no comparison between those two guys. Yeah. Russell Westbrook is nowhere near a guy like LeBron James. And so when I when I take overall stats out of it, when I take out the point that LeBron is going to be number one in almost every relevant category by the, by the time this is all said and done, which is why I think he's going to go down as the greatest, right? You can't compare their legacies. To me, Jordan dwarfs anything that can happen because when he came into the league, the NBA was just not what it is today. And mm-hmm. he's he's responsible for that. I think that fans are always going to love like dynasties he made a dynasty with the bulls i think that's the reason why everybody gravitated towards steph curry and the warriors a couple years ago uh, until durant joined them and now they became like a hated team and stuff like that and i think since jordan is at the center of all that is why i think you can't compare him or compare lebron to him vice versa give give lebron credit for coming into the league and basically like topping kobe right yeah we thought kobe was like this mystical figure which he was but i think lebron surpassed him in that sense but there's something about jordan perfect storm the 90s you know scotty pippen scotty pippen signed the deal so he had a hall of famer stay on his roster for for his prime years because he was getting paid so little under contract whatever i think it's the perfect storm we might never see it again uh but i think i can just say finally after watching just those first two episodes (laughs) that lebron is just isn't it Today he's not it. His career is not over, but he has he hasn't been the second coming of Jordan. I think it's one of those things where it's like comparing Barry Bonds to Babe Ruth. I think it's it's almost impossible. You can't do it because the game is different. There's you know, it's it's just a completely different game. I think it's just a completely different game. In, in the in the late eighties, early nineties, it was a it was a rough game. It was a very physical game, and today's game isn't that. So I guess edge edge Michael Jordan because he's gonna have a bigger advantage that he doesn't have players you know pushing him around, elbowing him, um, all that stuff. But at the same time, if you just just put a side-by-side picture of Michael Jordan and someone like LeBron James, since we're comparing them to, um, and you could, their, their physical build is completely, completely different. Michael Jordan was a pretty puny, skinny, you know, and again, I'm not taking anything away from MJ. Watching that show, I, I tweeted it yesterday. I'm, a, I'm one of those salty Knicks fans. That was my tweet. I'm one of those salty Knicks fans that hates Michael Jordan because he prevented my team from getting a championship. At the same time, I acknowledge that he is the greatest of all time. If if we're going to 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 crown that to somebody, it has to be Michael Jordan. But I think we'd be we'd be foolish if we didn't if we we we'd be foolish to to like really not put LeBron James in that conversation. No, um, because it is a different game, and yeah, I don't know, man. What I, what I'm saying is. You physically like how much they weigh, how tall they are, how fast they are. LeBron is the perfect. Here's an example for I'll 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 say it like this. Yesterday he was across seas in France, I think, and the guy said the closest thing to God on earth or something like that. Nobody would say that about LeBron today. Mm-hmm. Nobody would let him get away with that. I think, but, but for at the, Jordan, but at, the, at the same time, that's another difference about the eras is that. People are looking for a reason to to tear you down nowadays with Twitter and Instagram and social media. Jordan didn't have that. If anything, all he got was praise across the board. I didn't no. hear the story about him about him punching 
Steve Kerr in the face until after his retirement. Uh, Jordan, for th- for the most part, he was at the time he was he was like a god figure, and he he should be. He's he's the greatest basketball player of all time. I think that the three P made him like the Jordan that we all view as like this untouchable figure. The first three Pete, I think might have been that, but Jordan definitely got his fair share of criticism because he was a ball hog in early his career. He kind of had to be right, whatever, but that's not, it's not, it's not even the case of how people try to tear down LeBron today or not, but just the way that I see it, he was the, the focal point of a dynasty and he made one sports team bigger than the biggest sports team, the Cowboys probably at the time Mm -hmm. in the nineties. It was all Bulls, all Jordan, took a franchise that nobody even cared about and made them the the gold standard, right? For sure. Not once did I think the Cavs, even when they won the championship, not once did I think the Cavs were like this. How how do I compare it? Like when you watch a movie and you just see the team, the team to beat, not once did I ever think the Cavs were that team. And I know that's not super fair to LeBron because, because he didn't have the supporting cast and everything but that's what i'm saying it's the perfect storm for jordan and because right place right time right decade right management shoe deals Mm -hmm. dunk contest six for six in the championships retired twice played baseball dropped space jam started the shoe deals like all that stuff rolled into one ball that i don't see anyone overcoming that and i think we can see someone the reason why i don't think it's lebron is because to me steph curry was the closest thing we got to like a jordan he completely changed the game because you can see in the first episode and this is such a long drag on that i'm 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 sorry (laughs) just cut my mic off when you're ready but when they drafted jordan his own teammates were saying like he has to realize you're not gonna change a franchise around you aren't that big. You're only 6'6". The NBA is all about tall guys, centers. Look at the Celtics team that he played in the playoffs. They were all bigger than mm-hmm. his teammates and stuff. So Jordan completely changed the game around. He put basketball on the map. He made the Bulls the most popular team in the world, not just America. Brought the usher that brought in the golden age in terms of like revenue, I guess, into the NBA. And to me... You look at Steph Curry, he changed the game of basketball. He was Mr. Popular. He was the focal point of a dynasty, which LeBron wasn't. I think Steph Curry has more of a Jordan career or was on path to have a Jordan career. On, you know, I don't know what it's going to end like. Then LeBron James did, and I can. I think I, at, in my brain, I'm at peace just thinking to myself, like, I can finally say LeBron isn't Jordan for me. Okay. That's what I'm saying, man. I wish I could see your camera right now, but... I got to tell you, man, it's liberating not not being there, man. I'm making all kinds of faces at you right now. You're flipping um, me off? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> no. The other thing that I wanted to point out is um, when people talk about players this era versus the last era, how players this era are friendlier with each other, how they're all this BS. Let's put it to bed after you saw yesterday Jordan and Danny Ainge playing golf after game one and before game two. And uh, Danny Ainge saying that Jordan losing to to him in golf was what made him go off in game two of that of that playoff game. Um, That shit has always existed and it's always going to exist. It happened with the 2004 Red Sox and the Yankees. Apparently that that movie um, with Jimmy Fallon, what's that movie called? Um, fever pitch, fever pitch, where they show the players are like having lunch together and shit, and he's like upset. Like I thought they were, I thought they were enemies. <laughs> These players aren't enemies, man. At the end of the day, on the field, they hate each other's guts. Off the field, everybody's on the same boat. Um, so let's put that to bed, please. That's all I want to really, say. I don't really care for that argument. I mean, I never, I never like went to bed thinking like, man, Manny Ramirez and Aaron must fucking hate each other, man. Like. <laughs> I, I love and when it. You see like, them pounded out. You're like, "Fuck, man! They like each other." Why? Nobody like nobody likes Aaron, man. It's a shame. I just dropped an F bomb again. Um, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, I, I'm really, man. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the Last Dance. I, if Me I had too. to just give one criticism, was is the flashbacks kind of like they they kind of remind me of like uh, like cutaways to commercials, kind of. Mm-hmm. 
the like, vault when they did the vault. Yeah, like is is the is the last season not enough not enough for us to make a, a series out of? Do we have to go back and relive like Jordan not you know being left out of his varsity team and stuff? Like I thought this was about like the last dance, not about like even though I like that they go back and in, into Scottie Pippen's timeline and all that stuff. I like all that stuff. It's a ten part docu series, man. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> they gotta fill some time. Um, what was I gonna say? The commercials. There was one commercial that you you beat me to the punch on Twitter. The Kenny Main one. Amazing. I, I fell for it. I, I only caught it like toward the end, where I was like, "Oh shit!" They they just did a voiceover here. Like yeah. I thought, "Oh my god, did he really predict this shit?" <laughs> I I just have to say, State Farm killed it with that commercial. Uh, I tweeted the word State Farm out for free, so that's why these commercials are are. A big business because I just gave them free advertisement through yeah. my Twitter, and yeah. we're talking about it here today on our podcast, which is worldwide at this point. Just yeah, truth, man. It's on all platforms. <clears throat> uh, leave us a five star rating if you're listening, and subscribe and tell your friends we love you. Uh, <laughs> but shout out to the NBA, man. As much as I criticize the NBA for all the extra drama that I don't care about, like what LeBron ate for breakfast that morning, and if Kevin Durant is still friends with this guy, as much as they advertise that stuff and ESPN is on their balls and Bleacher Report and all that stuff, <laughs> like as much as I hate that world, I got to give it up to the NBA because they currently have the best product in terms of their players are regarded as superstars mm-hmm. across the board. And you don't really hear a lot of like domestic violence cases, steroid use. You don't hear a lot of that stuff. And they're able to drop this and capitalize on a market that's dead at this point because of the coronavirus. So it's like I got to give credit to whoever orchestrated this whole thing for being like what everybody's going to be watching until probably until beyond the time this is over. We don't know the time the timetable is, but I got to give it up to the NBA, man. Perfect timing, man. They, they, They had this. They had this on the docket to be released later in the year. They decided to move it up. And that was perfect. I mean, yeah. So what I wanted to ask you was this. So I just switched to the wrong screen. Doesn't matter. Um, what other players would you be interested in seeing a ten-part docu series about? Ooh, uh, Allen Iverson. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Would and you could go to other sports if you need to. Yeah, I was just about to A Rod, of course. Oh I think my god! Super you do a twenty-part series on a rod his career was so freaking up like insane i just you know what if i saw an a rod thing i don't want to see him give us two cents i want to hear from other people's perspectives period i don't want to hear a rod trying to having to explain himself he's butchered that so many times in his career i can tell when he's lying to us and all that stuff And, and the last time and the last time he spoke for himself which was after that year long suspension ESPN released this long form piece with him in it. I thought it and I thought that was perfect. And you don't need to that's it. You're good. Like yeah. you don't have to go any further than that. Like I I bought I I was off of the A-Rod bandwagon. That whole biogenesis shit really turned me off to him and reading that piece, he won me back and just stay let's just keep it that way. And I would also would love to watch a tell all secrets Top to bottom, make it a 50-part series if you have to. Make it eight seasons. The Patriots, from the beginning of Tom Brady's career to well after he retired, yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure there's some in the works already, all this film that's being collected. I, I will definitely watch that all the way through. because I, I, I want a Barry Bonds. I put that on our Instagram earlier today. I would like to see a Barry Bonds 10-part docuseries. I want to see... He, first off, he's the son of an M- of an MLB player, so coming yeah. up in the MLB, you know, in the clubhouses and all that stuff. His godfather's Willie Mays or something like that, um, to the point where he broke into the scene, became a superstar with the Pittsburgh Pirates, was traded, or maybe he signed with the San Francisco Giants. I don't remember what happened there, but even him experiencing what he went through when he saw Sosa McGuire. The home run chase that made him feel like he was an underappreciated MLB star, all the way to him taking steroids and so on and so forth. I think that I think that would be super interesting. Um, and Jose Canseco, just because he's such a fucking strange character, man. 
Like we're here in the COVID in the in the virus, the COVID nineteen quarantine, and he's on Twitter talking about Bigfoot. Like this guy's let's, nuts. Let's see what let's see what he's been tweeting out real quick. I same thing with the A thing. If they ever made one of Jose Canseco, I would just prefer him to not be in it. Uh, he looks like he's pinned the tweet. JLo, I have something to show you for your eyes only. Contact Morgan at 702, blah, 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 blah. So that's, he's, he's pinned that tweet at this point. And, uh, Mike Greenwell said he should have won the MVP in 1988 since I used PDs. He was the runner up. Maybe he's right. But do you guys think that's how it ends? Do you guys think? All right. Jose. uh, <laughs> okay, okay, Jose. <laughs> I watch a Tyson did... one. Oh yeah, that would be that would be really good. Iron Mike, the goat. Do you have a feeling that the Jordan thing that's happening? Do you think they should have left Bill Clinton and Obama out of it? Like, did we really need politics in our? They don't. They're not talking about politics. I know they were people that lived through it, but are there not enough people on this planet that they could have gotten insight from that didn't have to be like two political figures? Yeah, with Clinton, it was the whole Arkansas connection with Scottie Pippen and with Obama, which I thought was funny. They didn't write president of the United States. They wrote former resident of Chicago or something like in 1989. <laughs> I didn't um, catch that. Yes, yeah, but uh, I could have done without it. I don't I don't know what input they really had into it. It was just a, a, a big face. Exactly. I was kind of surprised to see it. It's like I like I, I loved seeing uh Wow, man! I'm this guy drawing a blank. Kevin Costas. Oh, Bob Costas. He's, Bob he's Costas. The, he's the goat. Bob. I love seeing him in like his like blonde hair back in the oh, day. Oh my god! But these guys that covered the players, I like seeing them. Even if they annoy me, I like seeing them giving their input, especially if they're from the Chicago era or whatever. Uh, and it makes sense to me. But when I see like, and I know Obama was from Chicago, but he was only he only said like something like, "Yeah, Jordan was great" or whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, can I get somebody else to do that? Like, yeah, maybe. Maybe a fan, maybe if maybe like the biggest super fan yeah. the Bulls ever had. I don't know, you know. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I'm with shit. you on that. <laughs> I was trying to inject politics into shit. Damn, hey, I'm Obama or uh, Jordan was great. Uh, yes. Uh, what, what did what did Clinton say? I did not have sexual relations with that woman. I was not having an affair with Clint with uh, on Hillary at that time. <laughs> oh my god. I think this is a good this is a good time to probably 90s were off. a great time, guys. The 90s were a great time. I think they the 90s would have the 90s would have given as much social media uh weight as the 2000s did, as the 2010s did. The 90s. The 90s the music was the best, the TV shows, well, TV's king right now, but the sitcoms. I'm going to give I'm going to crown the 90s the king of the sitcoms. Um, or queen, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody out there. Um, yeah, the nineties were the best, man. I started listening. So I, I'm kind of the podcast. I'm, 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 I'm listening to too many podcasts and now I'm starting to, to get back into music again. And aside from the fact that, that Dominicans, me included, my Spanish music repertoire is the same shit as I've been listening to since the nineties. I decided to jump into the music to music again recently, and I'm, I'm listening to '90s hip hop, and there's nothing better, man. I, I I listen. I know the the Big Pun album probably came out in the early 2000s, maybe late '90s, but Capital Punishment, that Big Pun uh, Pun album, was oh my god, man! I had that shit on a loop while I was mowing my lawn the other day. Such a good album, and the Wu Tang Clan, the Thirteen Chambers, uh, also amazing album. Um, you know, gotta love music. I don't want to get into a whole thing because I know we're trying to wrap this up. And frankly, my ass hurts from sitting on this chair. I forgot to get a I forgot to get a pillow. But I'm just going to say that I think there's something about the way that music was recorded and mixed back in the day or in any decade because it just seems like the 90s I'm just going to speak on for hip for hip hop just had a sound to it that you that even if you went and try to recreate it today just wouldn't sound the same so i think there's something about mixing down the music and what you use to record it that gave that music like its own uh flavor or whatever for sure and that goes that goes for all music even even bachata music like 90s bachata just sounds different than if someone tried to recreate a similar type of song today right 
So I mm-hmm. think there's something about that. But I will say this. I think you should give a chance to today's music because I used to I used to think the same thing. And I no longer think that just 90s is better. I just think it's different. And there's like a mood for it. There's like a time to listen to it. But there's a lot of good music today, man. You should try to give it. You should give it a chance. Do you know what it is? It's it's the I'm I'm. I'm missing variety. And and in the 90s, you could listen to a Wu-Tang album and it sounded completely different than a Biggie Smalls album. And that sounded completely different than a Cypress Hill album. album right. And that sounded completely different than a Tribe Called Quest. Now, you listen to hip-hop and the only, the only variance, for lack of a better term, that you get is when an old-school hip-hop artist releases an album. That's the only thing that sounds different now. Everything right. else sounds the same to me. But that that's just my opinion. Um, and there are some songs, I couldn't name them, I couldn't name you any artists probably right now, from t- of today that I that I do enjoy, but I think I enjoy it mostly for the beats, yeah. not so much for the lyrics. And, yeah, it's where, it's where the music has, has headed towards, yeah. And I felt like albums back then were more concept. They had like, a, there was like a story behind it. The beats were good, but so were the lyrics. Everything was just, everything flowed really well. Um, there was better production, yeah way better production value but but i think this the point that i was trying to make is there was a time where where i wouldn't listen to like mainstream artists i don't know why everybody i think everybody goes through this with like oh that guy's mainstream everybody likes him i like this this guy who's more you know whatever obscure nobody knows about this guy this is my guy i know him i discovered this guy right i feel like that that's kind of lame thinking that way is lame i agree but i feel yeah. like Hip hop is mainstream now, and I think that when things become mainstream, when things become corporatized, for lack of a better term, there's a formula, and everybody follows that formula because that's what works and that's what makes that's what's successful. Whereas back in the day, it was more experimental. They were trying new things. You were, you know, you were you were getting a story that was realistic and you could re- uh, relate to. Today is not so much that. I feel like it's it's formulaic. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I don't think Tribe Called Quest would make it. Their their music would make it, but like if they try to bring their concept of like jazz and all that stuff into today, yeah. it probably wouldn't make it. Yeah, yeah. Those Agreed. songs would make it, but like if they tried to re drop an album today, it wouldn't. They wouldn't be as popular as they were back then. Were you? Do you think Wu Tang would the whole the whole Ninja Shaolin like all that stuff? Concept. I think it. I think it would just just because it has its like cult following. Like if and, their, they, and their beats were so rugged and like they yeah. almost sounded cheap. Like they were made in a garage or something. But it was it was so good. I want to just take two steps back and just rephrase what I said. Midnight Marauders, like those albums, Low End Theory, all those things, they would make it today. Mm-hmm. But if you now take that same Tribe Called Quest group after they drop those albums. And now they're trying to drop an album, which they did drop an album not too long ago. I didn't I didn't hear it. And I'm assuming it didn't do too well because I haven't heard too much about it. But if in 2020, they those same artists got together, rest in peace, Five Dog, uh, and they tried <laughs> to create like today's version of it, they probably wouldn't make it in the mainstream hip hop. Because mainstream yeah. hip hop is, is more about, you know, it would uh, it would be it would be on like the realm of Talib Kweli, Black Thought, guys like that who yeah. never really broke through. Um it, yeah, exactly. They they uh damn man, I don't know about that though cuz they they're just different. I wouldn't even compare that. I I put Tribe Called Quest in its own category. Their music it's like their own thing. No, for um, sure. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. what I'm what I'm trying to say is like everybody knows who Talib Kweli is, but you you barely listen to his songs unless if it's a very mainstream song play on the radio. And someone it's because like he, and someone yeah. like Black Thought too. Like like I listened to that Big Pun make... album and he was featured in one of the songs. I'm like, God damn, like this guy's been around for a long time. That's what I think. That's why I think that like uh Tribe Call Wow, how did we get on to this? I have no idea, man. I think Tribe Call Quest made music for everyone to like. So I think their those songs that they put out would still be relevant today if yeah, they yeah. dropped today, is all I'm trying to say. Okay. And uh but if they built on that, if they tried to drop like if they tried to jump on a remix of Cardi B, it just wouldn't make it. If Cardi B yeah, tried to drop... Yeah, I don't even know if I could see that. <laughs> exactly. I think that's what I'm trying uh... to say. Because in the end... Okay, what I should have said in the beginning was Tribe Called Quest was mainstream along with Biggie Smalls, along with all these other artists in the 90s. You had mainstream tribe, mainstream, you know, 
Wu Tang, mainstream mafioso, all this, all this shit. Man, I really wish you had your camera up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing, I'm picturing uh, Pitbull in a Tribe Called Quest song, Mister Mister Three Hundred Five. Oh man, I'm just gonna shut Microphone up. Microphone check one two. What is this? All right. Um, all right, let's sign off, man. Follow us at WT the Show. Uh, our website hasn't been updated in a while, but if you want to go check out some of that content, it's at WTTSPod.com. Not at, sorry, www.WTTSPod.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can see it in the bottom right corner of your screen at WT the Show. Follow CT on Twitter at HovaMojo, me at MattyGo3. That's all we got for today. See you tomorrow for episode five of Quick Hit. Peace out, everybody.